With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey everybody, thanks for checking out the podcast. We greatly appreciate your support. But before we get started, I wanted to tell you about a success story. I wanted to tell you about my friend Carl up in New Boston, Michigan. He listens to our pods every week and he heard me talking about how I might be able to help him out. So he hit me up over at SaveWithConrad.com. He just closed last month and he left us a five-star review and he had this to say, not only did we save over a hundred thousand dollars on our mortgage by removing several years off of it. He also saved us a few months of payments and follow up. Conrad and Steve are super helpful. When I had additional questions, you can't go wrong here with save with Conrad. Definitely worth a call to understand what your savings could be. Take Carl's word for it. He saved more than a hundred grand. What have you got to lose? Be like Carl. Go to savewithconrad.com right now and find out how much money you can save for free. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And if we can't help you save some cash, we won't waste your time. But because we're licensed in more than 40 states, we can help more families than ever before. Why not you? Why not now? Go to savewithconrad.com and find out how much money you can save for free. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Get a quick quote right now. You'll thank me later and you'll be glad you did. Savewithconrad.com. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson and you're listening to Arn. And of course, we couldn't do it without the man of the hour. Too sweet to be sour. He is the Hall of Famer himself, the founder of the Four Horsemen, the creator of the Spinebuster. How many more nicknames does he need? He's double A. He's Arn Anderson. Arn, how are you, man? And there's all those that you can't say on the air. <laughs> so we'll go with that. I'm doing great, sir. I, I feel good about uh, resetting and starting over and pretty much telling the life story of uh, of how Marty Lundy became Arn Anderson. I like it. Here we are, Saturday, 6.05. You know what that means. It's time for Arn Anderson. And we appreciate all of you guys' support. Be sure to tell your friends that Arn has moved to Saturday I got great feedback from last week. People really loved hearing the story of your, your upbringing and your relationship with your parents and your grandparents and, uh, how you sort of broke into the business, but now it's time to pick up where we left off. You've picked up your wrestling training. You've uh, ran into, uh, the great Bob Armstrong, and now you've got an opportunity to, to come do some stuff with him and let's pick it up from there, man. You find yourself in Pensacola and that became like your, uh, I don't know. You're home away from home, right? Well, yeah. And this first go around was just a three week deal. Like we've discussed previous episodes. Um, I'd had maybe 10 days of training and Ted had taken us 
Tony Zane and myself down to Atlanta TV and we had worked a couple TV matches and, uh, then I landed in that match with Bob and Brad and, uh, my life changed forever that day. Um, like I said, you know, in those days, guys that were regular guys on the road would wrestle guys on television who were there for one reason only tackling dummy. Right. And you never, you know, you never knew what you had, you know, there were some tough guys out there that nobody knew was tough. There were some guys that could really wrestle out there. And, uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, get in there with Brad and do a couple of things and, uh, you know, just pro wrestling. And they trusted me to do that. And when the match was over, Bob asked, you know, Hey, I haven't seen you around before. Give me some background on you. And I told him, you know, I was trying to break in that, that I had a job in Rome and all that. And, uh, I was just working till, till something hopefully, you know, happened for me, but I was just thrilled to be in the ring with them. And, uh, you know, I was like, just like a, any other wrestling fan. I was, I was overwhelmed. So let's just sort of boil it down because a lot of people who are listening to this are curious about just the day-to-day life and existence of a young up and coming professional wrestler back in those days, when you're saying you're doing three weeks there in Pensacola, it's not like you're coming in town and you're renting a house or buying a house. Are you shacking up with another one of the boys or are you getting a hotel room? Are you riding with guys? Like what's your, what's your experience? Like not in the ring, but once it's all over, how are you as a human existing down there? Well, that's a great question. Um, it wasn't like I was coming down to start the territory. I think it was pretty well known when I came down for my first house show for that three week run that I was just passing through. Uh, so nobody really wants to get too close to you. If you're just a guy that's coming in for one, you know, guys would come in for just a week. The world heavyweight champion would come in for just a week. Sometimes guys would come in for three weeks, three months. It was in a small territory like that though. It was, uh, if you were a heel, it was, very few times you would last as an underneath heel, just getting started more than about six months. So what I did was Pee Wee Anderson, friend of mine who later became referee and worked for a lot of companies. I said, if you'll go with me, cause I have no idea what to expect. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll buy your food. I'll get the room. I'll pay for the gas and you, we'll just go down and figure this thing out. Well, no one grabbed me that first night and said, Hey, you need to come back to Pensacola. It's beautiful beach there. There's, um, all kind of, you know, cool stuff down on the beach and you need to stay in one central location and you can ride with us. None of that happened. Mm. And I should have maybe, you know, asked Ted about it and asked him more what to do. So what I was doing from day one, I think my first shot was, uh, Birmingham, I just started going, leaving Birmingham, going to the next town, which was going to be uh, Mobile the next day. And I would just drive and get a hotel and Pee Wee would stay with me. And uh, for three weeks, I just moved from town to town to town to town. I would find a gym, work out, but it was, it was getting really expensive. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I wasn't making a lot of money I, and I wasn't really that concerned with what I was making because I was getting reps and I was getting closer to the dream. 
But, buddy, when you start, you know, I had a, a Buick Regal back then, which was a pretty decent car, but had a big engine and burned a lot of gas. So I was spending a lot of money on gas, a lot of money on uh, hotel rooms, because with the Pensacola territory, you virtually could be home every single night if you wanted to. And mm. if you wanted to go make the spot show on Friday night, which is usually booked on the way to Dothan for TV the next day, then you could just go ahead and go to Dothan and spend one night in a hotel. But if you really wanted to go back home, you could do it. So I'm curious about the dynamic of you've got, you know, a traveling companion. What's Pee Wee doing when you show up to the building and you got to go in the back and you got to get ready and all that. This is the old days. It's not like you're probably able to bring outsiders into the locker room. I don't think that's encouraged today either. What's Pee Wee doing as you're making these towns and just sort of hanging out. Uh, I found him a, a chair out there in the arena somewhere that was out of everybody's way and was nondescript. You wouldn't have even known he was in the building. I got you. And, and cause you're absolutely right. You, you wouldn't have brought a guy in a, in the locker room in those days. No way, no how you didn't bring family members. Right. You didn't bring anybody. And it was a closed set. It was, uh, you know, in those days we kayfabed and, uh, guys, guys would have been very, very pissed if Pee Wee would have come walking in there with me, but he was there to, you know, and I did all the driving. Basically he was there to keep me awake, to be honest with you. So he really was like, uh, just your, your traveling companion. He was your buddy just, to you know, make this passable. Cause here you are sort of a fish out of water almost, you know, I'm not going to say you're in the big city of New York, but you're a kid from Rome, Georgia. You don't know anybody. You're trying to find your way in this new world. Just having somebody to talk to and spend time with and grab a ham, a hamburger with that's, that's valuable, right? Absolutely. And I bought his Marlboro's. And his beer. <laughs> what were uh, his aspirations? I mean, we know he's going to go on to be a referee, but you know, I'm not trying to speak ill of, of, of anyone, but he was a little fellow. So it's not like he probably thought I could be a wrestler. Did he know I wanted to be a referee or did he think maybe I could be a manager or was he just a fan and happy to be along for the ride? I think he was just a fan that did not have a job when this all occurred. So he had nothing to keep him in Rome. Right. For him, it was an adventure and I, you know, and I made him a promise, you know, you won't go hungry. You'll have a bed to sleep in, you know, don't worry about that. Cause I don't know what to tell you the next three weeks is going to bring. Uh, so he was just a traveling companion at this point, as we get later in the story of the evolution of, of the territories and things, you'll see where he caught his first break. But at this point, he was just a guy riding with me, keeping me awake. And, uh, you know, a few times he would help me drive when I would just, you know, be overwhelmed. Today's episode is brought to you by Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work, but you know, what's easy bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's insurance or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around the house. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. And we thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. Why ad free shows.com. It's simple. 
It's early and ad-free. Why wait for your favorite shows to drop when you can listen as soon as they stop recording? There's no need to wait. You can access it all before anyone else can. Plus, no ads. No one telling you what to bundle or how to keep that man part standing tall. None of that. It's just straight content from all your favorite hosts, including Jeff Jarrett, Eric Bischoff, Kurt Angle, and the rest of the team. That's not all. You also get immediate access to watching their reactions live on video as well. So don't put it off any longer. Do it now. You won't be disappointed. Start enjoying all the podcasts you love early and ad-free at adfreeshows.com. You mentioned a minute ago that, you know, even in those days, you didn't bring your family around and something I've, I've heard over the years is you didn't even bring your girlfriend around. And I don't mean like my girlfriend in this town. I mean, my real girlfriend, because if your if your wife or girlfriend is with you and they're in the crowd and the fans know that that's your wife, it might hurt your appeal with some of the ladies, but it also might ruin for lack of a better word, the illusion, because if you're getting the tar beat out of you in the ring and they look over and see your wife, just reading a book. Well, that's not very convincing that you're in any real imminent danger. If your loved one doesn't really seem to mind that you're toting ass whooping, right? Very astute point. And, you know, but you know, there were all kind of what ifs, right? You know, if you were a baby face and you happened to be one that was getting pushed and you were a handsome guy and you were there to draw the girls yeah, to bring a girl with you, which you're right. Everybody in the building saw you walking in the back door because the real hardcore fans were out back in the parking lot waiting for you to pull up. Yeah. So they could, you know, say hello, scream at you, hope that you saw them and sign autographs for their baby faces. That was their deal. So you would actually let them down that, oh, he's got a girlfriend. Yep. Now, if you're a heel and you bring your girl in and everybody zeroes in on her, a little bit later that night, you're going to be doing everything in your power to piss them off. Yeah. Which makes her a target. Yes, it does. Potentially. And a lot of guys never figured that out. Uh, they became a victim, you know, as much as the baby face getting his ass kicked. So I saw pretty quickly that that didn't work. And at that point in time, I didn't have a girlfriend, wasn't married, any of those things. Uh, I was just concentrating on learning my craft, but I saw it in many scenarios both ways, but you didn't want to put your family in a spotlight. That's for sure. Uh, did you have, um, anybody who was like a mentor about you know, in, in that market in terms of, okay, Arn, here's what you do or don't do. You mentioned that Ted sort of helped you get up and get going, but you didn't really pick his brain about, Hey, where should I stay and who should I bunk with? And how does all this travel work? You didn't really have that conversation. But who actually sits you down one day and says, cause we wrestling fans have heard this a lot. Whatever you do, keep your wife away from the business. Do you, who dropped that knowledge on you the first time? Well, I really didn't have a mentor, you know, and at this point in time, um, no one came up and embraced me other than Bob. Mm-hmm. And I really couldn't talk to Bob at the building in a lot of cases, because again, we were K Fabin. 
But when there were during this three-week period, like the first week, a couple of days in, they were just giving me some get-over matches, and I was going to get, you know, a match on TV so that people knew who I was coming to to their town in the next two weeks. And it was building towards the last week, Wrestling Bob. But no one really embraced me. No one said, hey, where are you staying? Do you know what to do? People were very protective of their spot. And those days, wrestlers, they weren't going to help you come in. You know, I was powerlifting at the time. I didn't have a great body, but I was a pretty strong kid, some some athletic ability. They weren't going to just, hey, welcome in, come take my spot, come take my livelihood. They weren't going to be that welcoming. So for that three weeks, the one thing I learned, you know, and in talking to Ted later would have been to been a little more assertive on asking Ted what to do. Now, keep in mind, during the period I was down in Pensacola, Ted was wrestling in Memphis, partners with Danny Davis as the Nightmares. So he's having those same trips, those same long nights, same matches, same full routine every day. He didn't have time to really sit there and hold my hand over the phone. I kind of learned it and picked it up on my own, was watching and listening and seeing that guys would come in, you know, the locker room, there would be two or three or sometimes four of them together. I figured, okay, these guys must be traveling together, but I didn't ask a lot of questions. And in those days, it could have went two ways. A veteran would have looked at you and went, Hey, this, this guy's trying to figure it out. Or this guy wanted, just won't shut up. Was he been in the business for a cup of coffee? You know, why is he asking all these questions? Right. So it, it, was a, it was a little more hostile entry into the business in those days. Tonight's UFC 262 is sure to be a can't miss event. Every punch, every kick, every knockout means so much more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes. For this weekend's fight, tonight by the way, DraftKings is offering all customers a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey, where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs throughout the week. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code ARN for your shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code ARN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. That's DraftKings app. Check it out right now. Download it and use that promo code ARN. Talk to me a little bit about those matches in Pensacola. What were you learning? Sort of, it's one thing to, we've all heard that it's one thing to learn in a school, but you really get your education in wrestling in front of a crowd. So here you are now wrestling in front of a crowd pretty regularly. You mentioned some towns, Birmingham, Pensacola, mobile. 
what do you remember taking away? Were there any sort of aha moments in your development? Well, I was, I worked some tags with Joe LaDuke, you know, and that was part of the story angle. They had brought me in, uh, uh, to be a Joe LaDuke's partner, ultimately shooting for Bob Armstrong. Um, so that helped me as far as having other people to cover up for my greenness. And I was as green as you get, maybe 10 days working out, you know, uh, with Ted and back in Rome in a ring, but never having a, you know, a live match other than to go down to Albertville or Boaz, you know, those names, Oh yeah, uh, Alabama and, uh, wrestling for three or four minutes and pretty much just getting creamed because none of those guys, you know, who are working indies and that, that would have been what that would be considered at the time would be working the indies. That was their livelihood. They were using that money that they were making on Saturday night to, you know, to feed their family. And they were going to take a lot of chances with me. So I pretty much just got, got my ass kicked a couple of times, but that was it for experience. Uh, uh, lots of circle back to there. The word Indies working the Indies, that wasn't a word back then. Was it? It was just, it was territories. It wasn't a thing. Yeah. It was guys that would just run shows on the weekend that now keep in mind these, these towns, Boaz, Albertville, they were doing 300 people every week, every Saturday. Yeah. Still do. And for the promoter, he was making out. His top guys were probably getting a, a fair payoff. Uh, as for me, first time I, he didn't even, the first time I worked for that promoter, Mickey, Mickey, he didn't offer to give me anything. The next Saturday I got pounded again and he came over and said, well, you know, you did a good job out there. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, house is down can't pay you anything, but I know you got to eat. So here you go. And he handed me six hot dogs. That was my payoff. Well, you know what? I took them, put them in my pocket and ate them on the way home. <laughs> I've said I would have wrestled for free. Just don't tell anybody. Well, I was wrestling for free cause it probably cost me 30 bucks in gas alone. So Mickey Henry is who we're talking about. And, uh, his famous. I guess, infamous, uh, wrestling building was called the 431 wrestling arena there in Boaz. And you weren't the only big name to go through there. Superstar, Billy Graham, Lex Luger, Sid, Buff Bagwell, Rick Steiner on and on. Uh, but it is, it is kind of fascinating that those little pockets existed all over America. Well, there were no wrestling schools, right? It didn't exist. The deal was you had to have someone usually in a one-on-one -on -one situation, look at you that was willing to put his name on you, train you, and then call in favors or whatever it may be to get you booked doing jobs on TV, doing jobs on those, those shows on the weekends. And, uh, that was how you got discovered. Let's, uh, let's talk about Joe LaDuke for a minute. You mentioned that you had some matches with him down there. He was your tag partner. Uh, we've probably got some younger listeners who don't know that name. If you haven't ever before throw it in your Google machine, Joe LaDuke's blood oath. It was a famous tape trader tape from the seventies. I think it was, uh, uh, there in Memphis, Lance Russell's holding up the microphone on that old studio set. 
And Joe LaDuke comes out with a freaking axe and cuts his arm on TV. You got any interesting Joe LaDuke stories? Had you seen that axe spot before when you started tagging with him? I did not, but I could tell how off the wall the character was until I saw some of that stuff. And then, then you start to blur the lines as, Hey, is, is this a character or is this him? And it was pretty damn intimidating. I don't mind telling you. It's uh, what a character. I, I can't imagine uh, there's gotta be just a treasure trove of stories with him. Let, let's talk about Pensacola though, because you find yourself making these different towns, you're in different tags. You mentioned that, um, because you're just sort of passing through, which I do believe was the phrase everybody used back then. If you're not a long-termer, you're not going to be here for a while. You're just quote unquote, passing through. You said, I got my ass kicked a few times. I'm assuming you mean figuratively and you're just quote unquote, putting guys over. Did anyone take any liberties with you on that first trip? Uh, no, no, they didn't. Uh, and again, after I had those few bookings and got the Atlanta TV gig and worked with the Armstrongs. And so now I'm into the three weeks. No one took any liberties with me. Uh, they were all very accomplished workers. If you look at the guys that were there, the baby faces, Ron Fuller, Robert Fuller, uh, Mr. Olympia, uh, Bob Armstrong, Brad Armstrong, uh, Jimmy Golden. They were all schooled certainly well enough to overcome my greenness. Uh, so no, apparently I didn't do anything too bad because no one in those days, a guy would just light you up. Right. If you were, if you were hitting him too hard with forearms or you dropped him bad or you headbutt him or punched him in the teeth or hit him in the privates, any of those things, you know, that was just stupid mistakes a guy would, would just, you know, hit, hit you with a shot in the chin to let you know. And it would either register. Okay. I must, I need to lighten up here or it didn't. And the next time he hit you, he's probably going to lay you open. Uh, do you remember the first, uh, quote unquote potato you got like that? Uh, it was soon to come after I finished my three weeks in Pensacola uh, which I broke even. I was very thrilled to break even, uh, but I was running a little short on money. Um, when I was taken out to, uh, he, he, he took me out in the hall and he said, Hey, I, I got a, you know, you're finishing up, you know, in a couple of days, I just got to tell you, this was Bob Armstrong. I appreciate all you've done here. I feel like you've grown a little bit just in these three weeks and it takes a while to get this business. He said, what are you going to do now? I mean, he remembered that I'd quit my job. Yeah. You know, that meant a lot to me. If you read between the lines, he actually remembered my story and was asking what's next. Yeah. He said, I, I can call Bill Watts, get you booked straight away from here for TV next week. I said, great. And, uh, I went out, I did two TVs for Bill Watts. He said, so what's your story? I told him, he says, well, I tell you what, you go back. I won't be able to use you to the next set of TVs, which are ne next week, next Tuesday. Uh, he said, you go home and get your stuff. And you come back and start at TV next week. If you've been listening to this show for a while, you know how much Arn loves his family, specifically how much he loves his wife. Arn is really a rare bird in professional wrestling. When you think about it, 
And the first time I hung out with Lauren, he said, you know, I'm different. And I thought, well, where's this going? And he said for over 30 years, same business, same house, same wife. That's pretty rare, man. It's almost fair to say that Arn's in the love business. Now don't tell him I said that. And you know what? We love talking about our friend, Steven Singer. You know, the competition really hates him. He makes the experience of buying a diamond better and better, and he makes it fun. Steven is the very first to offer each and every guest the perfect price. That's right. Have you ever wondered if you're getting the best price? Are you uncomfortable negotiating? Head to Steven Singer Jewelers, and you're guaranteed to get the perfect price. You'll never pay more than the person next to you. And here's a little insider tip. Most jewelers mark their merchandise way up just to mark it down to make you feel like you're getting a deal. Yeah. Those jewelers are practicing kayfabe. The person next to you may be paying less. Do you want an important purchase like diamond jewelry to be based on your negotiating skills? Come on, man. That's not the case at Steven Singer because at Steven Singer Jewelers, you're guaranteed to get the perfect price all day, every day, 365 days a year. And that's why we trust Steven Singer. He makes the experience of buying a diamond so easy. So check out Steven Singer Jewelers at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philadelphia or online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Steven Singer Jewelers, one place, one price. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Remember back in the day they used to say diamonds are forever? Well, let's adjust that. IHateStevenSinger.com is forever. And we thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. Saving money at SaveWithConrad.com is fast and easy. Just ask Jordan in Murfreesboro. He says, Jimmy made the entire process easy. No appraisal was needed. And we got a great rate on our refinance. What about Glenn up in Sperry, Oklahoma? He says, I wound up knocking four years off my loan and even saved a few dollars on my monthly payment. Easy to work with. Jimmy is the man. How much are you overpaying right now? Keep more of your own money at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. So wait, lower your monthly payments and pay your house off faster. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Let's save with Conrad.com. Hang tight for a minute. When you say, I want you to, uh, or I can call Bill Watts. I'm not saying this to be funny. Did you know who Bill Watts was? Oh, sure. So how did, I, I know you Best grew up. Wrestling magazines. Okay. So you, you were watching Georgia TV, but you through wrestling magazines. You knew who Bill Watts was. But you, you had never met Bill, of course. Did you know anything about his reputation? Did you ask any of the guys in the locker room, like, hey, what do you know about Watts? Or does that, are you just going out there sort of cold? Well, I also knew Bill Watts had, and in those days, the fact that he owned his own territory never came up anywhere. Again, kayfabe, right? Right. So um, when I found out, that uh, I was going out there to, to work for him. I really didn't know anything about him because the, the one thing I knew he was brought in much like Dusty Rhodes was to Georgia championship wrestling TBS to get that exposure when they would have a big match, like in the Omni or something. I knew he was a heavy hitter. So then I, you know, I, I learned my lesson. I, I asked Ted, okay, what should I do? He goes, Bill Watts is very strict. You know, you need to buddy up with somebody out there, find out what the rules are because you just can't, there's no one you can just go up and ask, okay, what are the rules? Because 
they're unwritten. Right. You either learn them by osmosis, somebody takes you under their wing or something, but it's not like you walk in, sit down, the booker grabs you and goes, okay, here's what we do here. Bang, 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 bang. Here's what we don't do here. Bang, 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 bang. So it's keeping your ears open and your mouth shut and just kind of reading between the lines helped you quite a bit in those days. Isn't it weird that this is probably the only business I know of where just asking questions could get you heat, meaning you might actually rub somebody the wrong way or annoy them or hurt your standing or opportunities or potential opportunities with the company. Even if you ask something as simple as, Hey, what are the rules? It's almost expected. We well, are supposed to know that. Well, shit. I just drove here from Rome. I don't even know where I'm at much less what the rules are. Right. And so many of them had the same story and somehow overcame it. Yeah. They didn't want to hear it. Yeah. It really would. If you asked the wrong question, if you said something stupid, like, and you even ask it in the right way, you know, I know every territory is different. What are the, the do's and don'ts and what are the guidelines? They would have looked at me and go, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. This is an ad lib business. All yeah. of it. Yeah. And it was at that time, nothing, nothing was planned other than outcomes and you had to fill in the, the rest of it. And, uh, my first match, when I got to Watts, I walk in in Baton Rouge again, I'm looking around up walks, uh, the referee and he goes, okay, uh, what's your name? Okay. Da, 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 da. I heard you were coming in. Da, 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 da. Uh, you'll be with Kamala timeout. I want to ask when, when you're standing in that hallway backstage in Pensacola and Bob says, I can call bill Watts for you. Does he call bill from like a pay phone and put you on the phone or does he just say, I'll call bill Watts and then I'll call you and give you his number and you can call or how does that work? How does the handoff to you and bill work? This was prior when he first pulled, pulled me into a room backstage. Yeah. Uh, that this was before the show and he asked me if he, if I wanted him to call Bill Watts, I said, I would be in your debt. He says, okay, talk, to, I'll talk, I'll get back to you that same night. Like right after intermission, he said, you got a starting date for TVs. You go out and don't do what you've done here and you'll have a, a crack at getting some work. So you don't actually talk to Bill before you make the trek out. Nope. I don't think I ever talked to Bill. So let's talk about in six months. So it's lined up for you. You're told, all right, it's TVs. And I assume like, I just seriously doubt you got to appreciate the the context is what I'm trying to drive to for our audience here. It's not like now where you could just, Hey, I'll send you a text message with the address. Well, that's not a thing. So does he say, just be at the building and -and so-and-so, or does he name the building or does he give you the address? How the shit do you know where to be? Um, he said they do their television. He said he would like to have a look at you come out for the two TVs. And Bob said, I believe they do their, their television. I know it's in Shreveport at the boys boys club or something like that. So I would just get there early and, and be ready for anything. So you, you show up to town, you drive out, 
Is Pee Wee with you for this trip? So we go back to Rome, and now I'm, uh, I'm thinking, Jesus. Well, okay, we went from Pensacola straight to TV. So we haven't went back to Rome yet. Okay. We, we drive straight out. We go to Shreveport, get there a day early, um, go down, find a building. I guess we probably got there at 10 o'clock in the morning the next day, right? which was a little early in those days. I think you had, you had to be there for interviews probably at, at 11 in the morning or something. And then you had TV that night. I got there way, way early which would have been very conspicuous me hanging out. Uh, I figured out nobody was there yet. So we got some lunch and when we came back by then they were starting interviews and all that. Grizzly Smith came up and introduced himself to me. I am, you know, I'm, I'm Bill's road agent, da, 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 da. Pretty much run all the towns. Glad to have you. Uh, we're going to use you on TV tonight and tomorrow night. Now, Bill Watts was, segregated away secluded from the boys he had his own office his own headset guys running messages back and forth it was very vince like yes very much and and i the one thing just seeing him from a distance you know like like a lot like ole anderson and you know vince and uh and you know bill watts very intimidating for a young guy had that big booming voice. He was a big guy, you know, he spoke with conviction. And, uh, so I had my two TV matches. Grizzly came up to me and said, uh, we'd like to offer you a starting date. We're not sure how long it'd be. It could be, you know, three weeks. It could be six months. We'll see how you do. Go home. Where do you live? Rome. Yep. Go home, get your clothes and come back. So now Pee Wee and I, that's a pretty good haul from Shreveport to Rome. Yeah. We drive back home and I go, okay, man, you know, you've been with me this far. You want to head back out there? Cause he still didn't have a job. He had nothing holding him back. No girlfriend, you know, no wife, no job, no nothing. He said, I'll go with you, brother. So we headed back out there and that started the adventure. So I want to circle back to you come into the building you meet Grizzly Smith. You knew Grizzly from the magazines or did you know him? I had no idea who he was, but he's a very tall individual. And so you knew, okay, this guy probably used to be a wrestler, right? You can do two and two figuring that out. And so and large, not just tall. Yeah. Large. He's a big fella. So he makes his way over to you. And I know this sounds silly, but this is what we want to know. Do you say, Hello, sir. Marty Lundy. I wrestle as Arn Anderson. I guess at that point, you're not Arn Anderson. So you're just introducing Arn. yourself as Marty Lundy. And I stayed Marty Lundy for that six months that I was with Watts. But yeah, when he walked in the room, I saw him look at me and I knew I, I had pulled a chair all the way back in the farthest corner against the wall. I knew to do that, uh, to stay out of the way and, and in, be respectful, right? Get out of everybody's way. Yeah. If they want, if they need me, they will come. And, and I was smart enough to know they will give me the information that I need, which would have probably just been who your opponent is when you're on. Yeah. Uh, and, Min- and, and a finish. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, when he walked in, he looked over at me and it, when he started walking towards me, it was pretty clear. There was nobody else in that line of sight, of sight for him. So I got up, met him. Mm-hmm. 
introduced myself, made sure before he introduced himself and just said, thank you for having me. And, and I think that, uh, I think that kind of eased a little bit of the tension on my part, just seeing that he's have, I mean, here is this huge man who is in charge for a wrestling company actually talking to me. So, wow. So that helped break the ice a little bit. Another thing that, you know, wrestling fans want to know, this is another era. Of course, did you know about the quote unquote wrestler handshake? And when you meet Grizzly for the first time, do you give him that? Or do you give him a regular doodle on the street handshake? No, uh, you know, it's funny. This is one that I kind of figured out on my own, but just because of the way it felt to me, the limp fish, uh, handshake feels terrible it's weird now when you grab a guy too firm it's like you're trying to have a pissing contest yeah yeah that you might not be yeah but when you shake a man in in any form of business or an in-law or someone you're meeting and you know that is a friend of someone else's shake their hand like a man yeah be a man yeah be a firm handshake you know, it's like, I got you Yeah. in those days. So I never did do the limp fish too much. Uh, just, it just kind of just gave me the willies. It is weird. So you, you find yourself, I, I know you fast forwarded, but I, I just keep pulling this back. I'm sorry about that. No, but. no, I'm sorry. If I skip over thing, you think we should cover man, please. Because that that's what I feel like I did the first time. We got ahead of ourselves and all these questions that people have, we, we didn't answer them. So let's answer them. So you're in the building, you're in the back. Uh, when you're, when you're there, when you show up to the building, you walk in in civilian clothes and get dressed in the dressing room. And then yes. do you have multiple sets of gear. Cause Hey, they might be taping multiple weeks and I might need multiple pairs of trunks. Or did you have multiple pairs of trunks at the time? I had one pair of boots two pair of knee pads, and three pair of trunks. So going back to the very beginning, uh, who told you, was it Ted Allen who says, here's where you get your boots and trunks? Yes, he did. And in those days it was Noel Ash to begin with back before my time from, uh, Arkansas and then Bill Ash, who they were excellent boot makers, incredible boot makers. And that's where. I got all the boots that I, that I got during my career and everybody from my generation, pretty much, I think. And before got them from, from Noel and Bill Ash. So back in the day, you know, these days, everything's a little different, but back in the day, they would just tell you, Hey, measure here to here and send me a check to this address with those measurements. Or do you just call them over the phone or how does that work? Pretty much send them a uh, cashier check. You just, he said, what's your foot size? And I said, 11 D. And that's all the information he made that he needed. So he didn't have to like measure your calf or anything like that. He could just get it. No. Okay. And so as far as the trunks and stuff go, did he make those as well? Or is that a different nope. fellow? That came from K and H. Wow. Everybody used them forever. You know, they, they did great work. And this was a time when, you know, this was prior to, to guys wearing the long, you know, tights so much certainly before spandex and leather and all that, the flashy stuff that they do wear 
you know, today and have worn for shit 30 years. But when I first started, everybody had K and H tights and, uh, that was who you used. So Lord, I know this was a hundred years ago, but how much do you think boots and, and trunks cost back then? If you had to guess, I want to say my first pair of boots was, and it could have been every pair of boots. I want to say we're about 150. That's not bad. No, no, God. Uh, and tights, I want to say we're $25. Wow. <laughs> now, like, remember, this was 1982. Yeah, that, that, that's more money back then for sure. But I'm just thinking, you know, you've seen what well, you've sold a few pair over the years. Those trucks go for a lot more these days once they got some mileage on them, don't they? Yes. Yes. But every, it was, it was a wrestling business. It was a wrestling product. No one was going against the fact that that's what it was. And you wore wrestling boots, not biker boots. And you wore wrestling tights because that is the business you were in. And no one ever questioned, Hey, you guys, you know, can we wear something? We only had a long spandex. What the hell is spandex? I don't even know that it was around back then. Yeah. It's not what people were doing. It got really fashionable with like jazzer size in the eighties. So, you know, using the old inflation calculator, your $25 trunks were about 68 bucks in today's money. And your, uh, your boots that were 150 bucks back then, they're about $410 now. So, uh, you know, not, not terribly expensive, but not exactly cheap either, especially when, you know, you're working matches occasionally for a half dozen hot dogs. So, uh, you, you find, <laughs> I don't think those bootmakers took hot dogs as payment. So I, I, I asked him, <laughs> say, I know the house is down and, <laughs> but you gotta eat. How about these hot dogs to pay you for those boots? It, uh, you know, it's, if you really calculate it up because, I ordered all that stuff and put a rush on it when I got hired for Bill. Right. And I knew I had to have a couple of pair of boots. I knew I had to have a few pair, but that was probably when I, when I would all totaled it up, that was more than I made for my first week's work. When you put it in that is it you know, prospectus. You know, as we're running up and down the roads here in Pensacola, talking to Arn, we're learning all about being a mechanic. That's an old school wrestling term for a guy who could do anything in wrestling. You need this guy to look good in five minutes. You need that guy to look good in seven minutes. You really need to get over this new finisher. Well, what you need is a mechanic and Arn earned that reputation early. And a lot of that was because he knew how to work on a body part. You know, we've often seen people talk about that when they talk about modern wrestling. And I think the young bucks even recently said, we don't do limb work, but if you go back and you watch early Arn promos, he's always talking about, we take a body part and we render it useless. That's old school, baby. That's Arn Anderson. We appreciate you listening to the show and we appreciate you supporting our sponsors. But if you've just looked at your car and you realize, boy, that part has been rendered useless. It's not Arn's fault and you don't need a mechanic. You need rockauto.com with the ever increasing number of makes and models. It's impossible for these local parts stores to keep everything in stock in a storefront. Those traditional chains just can't do it, man. And here's even the worst part about that whole situation. If you're going into one of those big box stores, you may not realize they have tiered pricing. What? Yeah. If you are a real life professional mechanic, 
you get a much cheaper deal than if just me or you, Joe Blow, walk in there looking for something. That's not fair, man. Not at rockauto.com, though. You see, rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and oh yeah, reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest price possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear. This ain't an airline ticket, man. I just need something for my Kia. Look a brother up. Rockauto.com can help, and it's for everybody. You don't need a membership, you don't have to log in. It's the same price for everybody all the time. And that's because rockauto.com really is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. That's right hundreds of manufacturers and let me tell you they have everything you need over there we're talking engine control modules brake parts tail lamps motor oil hell even new carpet whether it's a classic like my dad has or a daily driver you can get everything you need and just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door and by the way this is so easy even arn can do it he doesn't need mrs lundy's help how about that the rockauto.com catalog is unique and so easy to navigate. You can see all the parts that are available for your vehicle. You can choose the brands, the specifications, and the prices that you prefer. It really is easy. But by the way, my favorite part, no tiered pricing. Same for me and you and professional mechanics. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? That doesn't make good walking around sense, as we say here in the South. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. So what are you waiting for? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And when you get to the box that says, how did you hear about us? Please write Arn so they know that we sent you. That's really important. It really helps us out. Help yourself out. Go to rockauto.com and be sure to write in Arn when you see, how did you hear about us? And let them know that Arn sent you. Now let's get back to the story because I think, and I want to make sure I got this right. Does this sound right? December 10th, 1982. This is when you wrestle Kamala. It sounds about right. Yeah. And it would have been at the Riverside Centroplex in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Yes, sir. Now Kamala, I know a lot of our younger listeners remember the WWF run. But Kamala from memory, I believe was sort of a Jerry Jarrett Memphis creation. And he had his own style to be sure. Did you know anything about the Kamala persona or just what you'd seen in the magazines? Just what I'd seen in the magazines, but I knew, uh, when the referee said, Hey, Kamala uses, you know, the big chop, we want to get him over strong. That's all they said. I knew what my job was. Get him over strong meant take the biggest ass whipping that you could possibly take with what he's dishing out offensively. And I misspoke earlier. I said it was December 10th. It's actually October 12th. I got my dates backwards, but October 12th, you, you take the big chop with Kamala. Is this, is this in a time where I know everything was quote unquote called in the ring. I get that, but are they, do they still have separate dressing rooms for quote unquote, baby faces and heels. Absolutely. So the first time you actually see Kamala, the former sugar bear is actually in front of a crowd. Absolutely. And he's the veteran. So if there is going to be something that needs to be called, 
And I don't know what that would have been in a Kamala match. He's the guy who's doing it. And, and you're the young bucks. So you're just listening, right? Not a word, not a syllable was uttered from him or I, you. Nope. I just went with everything that he did to me. I tried to make as look as violent as it possibly could. Uh, it was actually, if I wasn't so nervous and so enthralled that I was there when he started slapping his stomach, I, I would have probably busted out laughing. If I'd been 10 years later, <laughs> we'd have probably been having a running do- dialogue. I might've beat my belly. I don't know who knows, but at that point in time, it was just like, and it was so smooth and it was snug, but it wasn't stiff. It, was, it wasn't, he wasn't hurting me or abusing me anyway, but he was jarring me pretty good and yeah. he had to Yeah, he six, six foot eight, 350 pounds. And this character is, he's a savage. I mean, he's supposed to beat the shit out of you. I was on board. Yeah. hundred percent. So you finish that first match, you come back through the curtain. This is a different time. It's not like Vince McMahon or somebody like that is on headset, you know, and it's a standing ovation or hugs all around. You come back through the curtain. What happens next? Absolutely nothing. Nobody said a word to me. The referee that just had the match came over. He said, good job. You don't have interviews tomorrow. Uh, now this would have made it. This was Tuesday, Baton Rouge. Next day was TV. He said, you don't have interviews, so you don't have to be there until I'm going to say he said four o'clock or something. Yeah, you're exactly right. It was TV shows. They taped two shows the next day at the Irish McNeil's boys club in Shreveport, Louisiana. And, uh, you're going to work two matches on the same day. So this is October 13th. You're going to be teaming with, um, Ted Allen to take on Jim Duggan and Ted DiBiase. And you'll team with Ted Allen to take on Tim Horner and and Colonel Buck Robley, which is a name we haven't spent a lot of time talking about, but tell me how you wind up connected the next day at TV with your old pal, Ted, was he already in the territory or did he just show up for TV? Like you were, you know what? I want to say he got a call that he was finishing up and they wanted him to make that TV and there were no cell phones. Right. He didn't know where, he didn't know where I was staying. He didn't know where I was. I didn't even know where I was staying. It was such a dump, uh, but he just showed up. I mean, they booked him and he walked in and I've never been so glad to see anybody in my life. It was like, wow, my long lost brother had showed up and I don't even have a brother. So he walked in, he, you know, he said, I've been hearing through the grapevine. You've been doing good. Da, 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 da. You know, we were partners that night. And to be honest with you, I don't even remember the match. What about Colonel uh, Buck Robley? Not a name you and I have ever talked about here on the show. Probably a name a lot of listeners don't even remember. Of course, he's no longer with us. He passed away, I don't know, gosh, years ago, maybe nearly 10 years ago. Any Buck Robley stories ever? Well, I just heard, like in retrospect, I always heard that, and, and more so years later, that that he was a really smart guy about the business of that generation. He was a really clever booker. You know, I think he booked for Bill. Yeah, he did. At some point. And, you know, maybe held that position in other companies. And everybody, you know, to this day, Jack, I think Jake the Snake will tell you, Buck Robley was a smart guy. Uh, but he got recommended by, and just me hearing conversations. 
you know, I was never around him. I never traveled with him or anything like that, but I just always heard that he was very smart. What about the, uh, the other guy in the ring that night, Mr. Tim Horner, any Tim Horner stories you can share? Life saver, life saver. And I'll tell you why. So now I spent all the money that I made in Pensacola, those three weeks, I pretty much broke even, I went home, had a little bit of money in the bank, but now the trips for Bill Watts were something of another animal. In Pensacola, you had one trip a week, which was Pensacola to Birmingham and back. That was 275 each way. Bill Watts, in his territory, every other Sunday was Tulsa and Oak City, and which was a double shot on Sunday. And the next town was Monday, New Orleans. That was 760 miles. Wow. So you would work those two days, Tulsa and Oak City. And now I lived in Baton Rouge, so I pulled up 60 miles short of that, but it was still 700 miles. Tim, uh, after the first set of TVs and I was driving around, um, I stayed a couple of nights there in Baton Rouge with, uh, the referee, Jerry Usher, who's an old timer, was with Watts for a long time, and Skandor Akbar in a dump in Baton Rouge. And I can't, I think it was the Alamo Plaza was the name of it. So they said, ah, kid, you know, we got we got an extra bed. You wanna you wanna heal the room in here with us? Well, hell, there was there was fold out couches everywhere in this room. And uh let's let's explain. You said heal the room. That means if there's two beds, that means there's a third guy. He ain't got a bed. Catch the floor kid. Right. If you're the young, if you're the rookie, you're on the floor. One person, you, uh, you know, whoever had the seniority had the full bed, whoever, uh, was next in line, you took the mattress off and laid it in the floor. If you didn't have a fold out couch and the guy had the box springs and then the third guy in charge or the third guy, not in charge, but third guy in seniority had the mattress on the floor. And you really didn't want to be on it, that dirty ass floor, to be honest with you. How about, I don't really want to be on the box springs either. So. Yeah. Neither one of them was pleasant, <laughs> but that's what healing a, mo- a room means is, you know, that's healing a room. Yes. Yeah. So Tim, te- you know, he pulls me aside and, uh, he goes, you know, Hey, uh, Tony Anthony, who was a friend of Tim's was getting booked. He was ready to leave that week to go out to Texas to be Lynn Denton's partner as the grapplers under mass. So he said, I got a bedroom, you know, you won't have to pay any of the startup money or any of that stuff. If you want to take that other bed, you're welcome to move in with me. And we became instant friends. So, let's talk about the next dot the next day. Now you're doing a second set of TVs. You're still teaming with your friend, Ted Allen, but you're teaming against two of bills, very biggest stars, Jim Duggan and Ted DiBiase. Duggan had just started earlier that year. He came in as a heel. Uh, but, but he is, uh, very quickly one of bills favorites, Ted DiBiase, of course, we're years away from him becoming the million dollar man, but 
boy to say that Bill saw something in him is an understatement. These are two of Bill's favorites. Uh, you know, you might even say top guys. They're certainly working their way up the card and now you're in there with them. What was your in-ring experience like with Duggan and DiBiase on your first or your second TV taping here? I'm sure if you watched it, they ate us alive, which they had to do. Now, Teddy was, he was within a month or two of becoming a top guy yeah, and being part of that rat pack. Jim Duggan was tough guy, pro football player, big rugged guy, probably a hell of a handful in a bar fight. And Bill Watts loved tough, tough guys. So I'm sure, and again, I don't, God, that's been 40 years almost. I, I can't remember the match, but I'm sure we got absolutely nothing, which was expected. Uh, no big deal. I'm sure they just thumped us. Uh, and again, there wouldn't have been any conversation. It would have just been go with the flow. This episode is sponsored by blue chew guys. It's been a hell of a year. Now, personally, I feel like I've aged 12 years over the last 12 months. And if you're like me, you're feeling your age more than you used to, maybe especially in the bedroom. It's time to snap out of it. Spring is here and it's time to get sprung with blue chew. Blue chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Bluetooth tablets help men achieve harder and stronger erections to combat all forms of ED. Bluetooth is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at Bluetooth.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problems here. Blue Chew's sildenafil and tadalafil tablets are chewable. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit bluechew.com for more details and safety information. We've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code ARN at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. Our promo code is ARN to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. So when, when you come back through the curtain, you sort of mentioned it earlier. I want to circle back to what you said. You're finishing up now. You came in for. Uh, the, the one match with, uh, with Kamala. Now you've done two sets of TV tapings on the same day. Uh, so you've had two matches on the same day, but now somebody, I think it's, I assume it's Grizzly is going to tell you, Hey, come back in a couple weeks and do it again. Um, that, no, I think I had already had a starting date. Okay. So. I think, uh, I think that match happened October 13th. I think your next match was against Jesse Barr, who would go on to become Jimmy Jack funk 13 days later on October 26th. Now my research might not be correct, but I bring that up because you did mention earlier. Okay. So we went back to Rome and then we came back. 
when do you make the trip back to Rome? And okay. I, I didn't. And I think what's missing is you don't have house shows listed, right? Just television. That's what you're going off of. No, I mean, I don't think that match with Kamala was on TV. Was it? No, no, no. That match with Kamala, I was actually starting to work the territory. Right. I did two, two TVs. He said, go home, get your clothes. I got them, came back. And my first house show was with Kamala. And I would have been there for the next five months straight. I was already there. I got you. So, so, so after those TVs, as Ted, Ted and I tagged, mm-hmm. I just went on it. I might not have been on TV for another however many weeks. Okay. So, so that brings up the next point. After you finish your match here, your first set of TV tapings, uh, Duggan and, and DiBiase get the win over you and Ted Allen. You come back through the curtain and they say, cause originally I thought it was, we're going to bring you out for a couple of TVs. Well, now we've done that. They t- they say at this point, Hey, we're going to keep you around. They gave me a booking sheet and said, here's your bookings. Don't be late. Be there at so-and-so time. And that was it. Any chance you still have an old booking sheet? God, no. Can you describe to our listeners what a booking sheet would have looked like? Town, name of the building, uh, and the date. I know this is silly, but. Uh, is this something that Grizzly just hands handwrites out on a notebook sheet of paper, or is it on letterhead and typed up and some secretary did it? Yeah, it was typed up and, and there was no information that would have been compromising anything. It was just a building, a date, uh, the name of the building, the date and the time to be there. That was it. So here comes the weird part. Um, a lot of guys get uncomfortable around this. I'll let you answer however you want to. At what point do you bring up money? Never. So after you've had these matches with Kamala and now you've had one with DiBiase and, 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 uh, the other match, do you get a payday that day? Is it a check? Is it cash? Do they say, we'll pay you on the next town. We do it every week here. How and when do you find out what the hell am I making? I asked him. Okay. That's part of that friendship thing. Buddy system. I found out to my horror that you work a complete week and they hold that back. So you don't get paid for two weeks. I got you. So that on the way out, if they want to, if you've not done business, they can hold a week. They can crucify you on the payoffs. They can pay you five bucks. They can pay you a buck for each town. If you've been an ass trying to leave, you know, the wrong way that prompted, you know, leave the right way, work a notice and all that stuff. They held that week back, but in the meantime, man, you were spending buku money on gas. I mean, buku driving. The trips were unbelievable. So you could spend quite a bit of money before you ever got paid. And what I ended up doing is is emptying out uh, my entire savings that I'd had from working, at, you know, in the meat department for all those years, just just to support my wrestling habit. And are you starting to question, you know, it's your money. It's not for me to say, but he's starting to question, damn, now I got two mouths to feed here. Cause I promised Pee Wee, and that and when, when funds are low, that's got to at least cross your mind. Right. Uh, no. Okay. Because I, he really came into play. Now 
over the years, ever since I've been in the business, I've always done the driving. I just feel more comfortable being in control. Um, so, but there were some times out there that I literally had to pull the car over and say, Hey, you got to get us the rest way in, man. I'm out of gas. And just like that 700 mile, you don't mean literally out of gas. You just mean physically, emotionally. I'm tired. I got to take a nap. I'm out of gas, not yeah. the car. Yeah. 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 I'm going to kill us both. I'm going to fall asleep here if you don't help me out. And he would jump behind the wheel, roll the window down and here we go. And I would try to stay awake to keep him awake uh, as much as I can. There wasn't but a time or two that I actually fell asleep, but that's different than being behind the wheel. So after you finish this match with Duggan and DiBiase, here you are in this you know new territory. You're in Shreveport, Louisiana. You just hit the next town and, and, and your journey continues. It's not like you're setting up shop anywhere yet. Right. You don't have a, a place yet. You don't have an apartment or a house or nothing like that. No. So that's where Tim comes to me and says, you can move in. Okay. And, uh, he did that after your first TV. First set of TVs. Yep. We had those out of the way. And when we were in the next Monday, Monday was always, uh, new Orleans every Monday. He came up to me, um, at the arena and said, Hey, tomorrow's Baton Rouge. That's where he lived. I got an apartment. He gave me the story about Tony Anthony leaving. You want to move in? I'll give you the address. Just come straight there tonight. Cause Tony left earlier today to go to Dallas. So now I had a place to go to and Pee Wee and I went to, you know, it's a very short trip, 80 miles or something. We went to the apartment and all I had with me was just my clothes. Right. Anyway, that's it. So it was, uh, I was traveling pretty damn light. Uh, we went in and, uh, he said, yeah, he said, I understand. I told him the situation about Pee Wee. He said, Hey man, don't worry about it. I'll help you any way I can. That's the kind of guy he is. And uh, he said, Pee Wee can sleep on the couch for nothing. There's a, I won't charge him anything. If you'll pay half the bills, we're good to go. Uh, and he started filling me in on some of those things that I was afraid to ask everybody else. Like, I, give me an I example. Started, I started asking him, you know, um, you know, well, how, how does this work? Why did you choose here to live? You know, what time I know there's a special time that we're supposed to be here at every live event or in those days, every, every, we just said every show or TV, you know, they tell us this time, what time do you suggest? He said, well, I'm always early. I'm earlier than what the time says always. And, uh, he said, you can't go wrong there. So I adopted that, that theory. It's always easier to get there 20 minutes early and go have a cup of coffee and start warming up because I was first match every night. So let me ask, you know, when you with Watts and then I guess we'll ask about Pennsylvania or, or Pensacola too. I've been, I've been fortunate enough to be back, you know, in a modern locker room in the last 10 years or whatever. And there's usually a board and, and that board, and we've even seen it on old documentaries from the nineties might be a dry erase board or whatever. And it's got all the matches listed. Is that the way they handled their business back then? Or does somebody come up and just tell you, but there is no listing of not necessarily who's winning, but who's working together and who the referees are. There is a piece of paper on both halls by the baby face 
locker rooms and the Hill locker rooms. And that was it. That was your responsibility to find it, figure out when you were on, what you were doing, and they would bring the information to you. You just make sure you're available. It's been said, and you and I've talked about it before, that for lack of a better word, there was a style that was expected in Jim Crockett promotions and a different style that they worked for Vince McMahon's WWF. Were there, to use a modern word, an agent or a producer? Did they have agents or producers in either Pensacola or in Watts territory? Or is that essentially what Grizzly was doing? Well, yeah, we'll just stay with the watch. I think it's easier. We'll get to the way Pensacola conducted their business when we get back there, but we got a little ways to go here. If that's okay. Sure. Sure. Um, so this is the first time I started hearing about rules. Okay. Now Bill Watts had very strict rules and Tim said, here's some things that going to sound a little funny to you, but here's the way it goes. We're probably going to go because I'm going to be working with you. I've I've seen the book of sheet all of next week. Well, it turned out I worked with Tim, God, probably two weeks a month for the five months I was there. Right. Solid every single day. He said, here's the deal. No punching, no kicking. We're probably going to wrestle 20 minute Broadway, which means we're going to go through the time limit without a finish. Uh, so stay in the ring, no punching, no kicking. Don't gouge your eyes. Don't do any of that cheap stuff. Get in there and work a hold and wrestle. And man, after a night or two with Tim leading me by the nose, because he was already good. He just hadn't been used in, in a, in a bright spotlight yet. But he was really good. And man, he taught me, he led me through the matches. He called everything in the ring. Nobody saw him say a word. And that is how I learned. I learned so much for those five months because I had no choice. I had to, to get my heat and use my cutoff spot. Had to be a wrestling maneuver. It couldn't be a punch or a kick or a thumb in the eye. So it caused you to have to learn how to work off of holds, how to wrestle, and how to put a match together that makes sense and will be intriguing because his audience was, was already conditioned that the guys in the first match are just going to wrestle. And, and the audience knew that they expected, they didn't expect you to throw a guy out over the top rope to the floor or any of that stuff or to poke a guy in the, you know, in the eye or any of that. They, they knew what to expect. Well, we hope now, you know what to expect now that we have sort of hit the reset button on all things Arn. it's Saturdays, six Oh five. And we're going chronologically through Arn's entire story. Heck at this point, he's not even Arn; He's still Marty Lundy. And, uh, we hope that you've got a question for us because every other week we'll still do an ask Arn anything. Uh, we'll be back next week with another ask Arn anything, but in two weeks, we're going to talk a lot more about bill Watts. Give us a, a bit of a teaser a bit of a, a trailer, if you will, what might we talk about in two weeks when we talk about your journey with Bill Watts? Something that never happened as I went through the business and found out very, very, very rarely when you were a guy with the limited experience that I had, what a top guy 
actually go to the curtain, watch your match. And when you came back, honestly critique you and try to help you and make you better. And not only that, offer to let you ride with him. And that happened to me, which is unheard of. And this guy couldn't have been a better guy and a better teacher. We're going to find out more in two weeks. Don't forget. If you've got a question for us, ask us over at the Arn show. We'll be back next week with another edition of ask Arn anything. And here we come, man, before you know it. Oh, I guess we should mention too. You had a really great idea and a good opportunity. And when it's time for, for us to tell the story, uh, we've got our first interview, our very first guest lined up for the show. Should we give him a tease now? Or is that enough? Give him a teaser. Well, I mean, how about it? What about the Alabama territory? You want to talk about wrestling royalty? Mr. Fuller is going to be joining the program. Ron Fuller, Tennessee stud. Some of the best treatment I've ever had in the business could be the best treatment. And what a wonderful time I had for the 14 months that I worked for him. And when we get to that part of the story, it's a no brainer. He's going to fill in some of the blanks that maybe I don't remember. And maybe I can fill in some of them that he doesn't remember, but it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a great summer here on the show. We're glad you're here with us. We're going to be talking a lot of territory stuff. So if you're thirsty for the old stuff, tell your friends, tell your family, tell them about Arn. It's Saturday at 6.05. We'll see you next week for Ask Arn Anything right here on Westwood One. If you've been listening to this show for a while, you know how much Arn loves his family, specifically how much he loves his wife. Arn is really a rare bird in professional wrestling when you think about it. And the first time I hung out with Arn, he said, you know, I'm different. And I thought, well, where's this going? And he said for over 30 years, same business, same house, same wife. That's pretty rare, man. It's almost fair to say that Arn's in the love business. Now don't tell him I said that. And you know what? We love talking about our friend, Steven Singer. You know, the competition really hates him. He makes the experience of buying a diamond better and better, and he makes it fun. Steven is the very first to offer each and every guest the perfect price. That's right. Have you ever wondered if you're getting the best price? Are you uncomfortable negotiating? Head to Steven Singer Jewelers, and you're guaranteed to get the perfect price. You'll never pay more than the person next to you. And here's a little insider tip. Most jewelers mark their merchandise way up just to mark it down to make you feel like you're getting a deal. Yeah. Those jewelers are practicing kayfabe. The person next to you may be paying less. Do you want an important purchase like diamond jewelry to be based on your negotiating skills? Come on, man. That's not the case at Steven Singer because at Steven Singer Jewelers, you're guaranteed to get the perfect price all day, every day, 365 days a year. And that's why we trust Steven Singer. He makes the experience of buying a diamond so easy. So check out Steven Singer Jewelers at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philadelphia or online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Steven Singer Jewelers, one place, one price. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Remember back in the day they used to say diamonds are forever? Well, let's adjust that. IHateStevenSinger.com is forever. And we thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. Hey, just wanted to give you a heads up. You're wasting money on your single biggest expense, and you might not even realize it. 
Just ask Brandon in Texas. Savewithconrad.com. Just hooked him up. He left us a five-star review, and here's what he had to say. This whole refinance process has been super easy. It's been entirely stress-free. I had a good interest rate beforehand and no real need to refinance, but I finally looked into it after hearing Conrad's ads. Turns out they were able to cut five years of payments, saving me about $50,000. Man, Brandon saved 50 grand, and he thought he had a great deal. How much can you save? Find out right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket, and we're licensed in more than 40 states, so we can help more families than ever before at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? At SaveWithConrad.com. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on a sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.